www.brfcs.com. By the fans. For the fans. Since 1996. Welcome to BRFCS podcast number 75. I'm Wen Waihu, the BRFCS editor. With me in the virtual studio today are Chief Reporter Cammy and John Lee of BRANZ, the Blackburn Rovers Australia and New Zealand Supporters Group. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit today about the football and then catching up with the goings-on at the club. Now, it's been a while since we last had our podcast uh, just before the Burnley match, and uh, we had three defeats on the bounce against teams beginning with B, Bolton, Burnley and Bournemouth. And uh, since then, we've uh, had a little upturn in our form and uh, we've managed to get uh, three points away at Huddersfield with a 4-2 victory, uh, followed by three uh, draws uh, at home to Leicester uh, and then away to Watford and yesterday uh, at Millwall. Right, just like to welcome in Cammy. Um, how are you this morning? I'm all right, Ren. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Busy as ever. I hear you're off to Anfield today. Yeah, yeah, I'll be uh, taking the Liverpool game today. Uh, some that's just come up very last minute. Um, so I'm uh, looking forward to that. And uh, John, uh, you're mm-hmm. speaking from Brisbane. Uh, it's a bit hot and sticky there, I believe. It is, yeah. We've had some rain, which was sorely needed, but it's hot and humid as well now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Are you keeping well? I'm good, thank you, yeah. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. Um, It's uh, nearly a month since uh, we last uh, were together in Brisbane, beginning of March, wasn't it? Uh, It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks ever so much for the hospitality. That's all right. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of feeling kind of homesick already <laughs> so, <laughs> for uh, good old Aussie. Yeah, it's great down there. And, um, yeah, we met up uh, again in the Pig and Whistle. Um, have, you, have you had a chance to, to uh, talk to uh, John or to uh, George at all? Yeah, I met up with them to watch the local derby oh, game on dear. TV. Yeah. Oh, and, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, we shared that experience together. <laughs> oh dear, I shouldn't have asked. Yeah, well, that, that's not a bad uh, place to start the discussion. Um, yeah, thirty-five years uh, without uh, losing to Burnley, and uh, that record's gone uh, in a pretty spectacular fashion. Um, what did you make of the match? Um, we were all always going to lose to them at some stage, and uh, I don't think there's any disgrace. They're doing well. They're doing very well, looking like they'll go up automatically, and we're struggling around them. We gave them a good game and deserved to get beat, but we weren't humiliated like we were against Bolton, and I think we've got to, well, personally, I take it, we've got to be grateful for small mercies that we didn't get smashed, as we could quite easily have done. I think that's about the only thing I can take from it. Donny makes a big difference. We need to find... David Dunn that's 10 years younger even from when I was back in the UK over Christmas time, got to watch a few games and it makes hell of a difference when Dunn is playing he's the only one who can unlock some defences and find the three balls Yeah, very much so Yeah, um, He didn't have a, a particularly good game against Burnley, I didn't think though unfortunately 
I'd rather have him on the field than not have him. There's always a chance of something happening when Danny's around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, perhaps uh, could have expected a little bit more uh, from him. A fantastic through ball for Jordan in the second half. Uh, yeah. If that had gone in, uh, I think uh, I think we would have yeah. kept uh, the record going. But uh, there you go. Yeah. And it looked to all money like it was going to go in, but. Mm. So event, like I said, eventually we got to lose to them, and you know, fair play, they they deserved it. I'd rather be that way than us up at the top and them in the middle of them beating us. That would have been really hard to take. Yeah. But um, given league positions and everything, I don't think we can complain about it too much. No, I don't think we can complain in in that sense. Uh, I think on the day uh, they they were um, better equipped for for the for the ninety minutes than we were. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. There you go. Good. Yeah. I don't know if player for player they're any better than us. I think we just need to get as organised as they are and as settled. Mm. And, and I feel we should be able to do what they've done. Whether we can do it or not is a different thing, but we should be able to do it. Mm, yeah, well, uh, for me as a spectacle, it was a pretty poor game of football, I thought, the, uh, in terms yeah. of the level of uh, skill shown and uh, the, the tactics employed. Uh, but... Uh, uh, in the last 20 minutes, uh, I could only see one one way that it was going. Um, yeah. They were far stronger and uh, far more determined and, and better organised than we were. Yeah. Well done to them. Yeah, and Cammy, uh, you were you were there at the match. Yeah, I was I was at the game, and the first thing I want to mention is the atmosphere. Um, you know, with with the local derby, it's always had a. A fantastic atmosphere, but this was uh, up a notch from from my previous experiences. Anyway, uh, even a good ten minutes before kickoff, quite a lot of the crowd were in, and the chanting from the Blackburn end was was unbelievable. And as the game got started, there was just deafening whistles when when uh, Burnley had possession, and obviously they got really behind. The, the Rovers team when we were attacking and I think that helped to push the team on because um, I thought first half um, we thoroughly deserved to be 1-0 up um, what, whatever tactics Burnley were play, playing weren't, were they worked for about 5 or 10 minutes but then gradually we took control and obviously Jordan giving us the lead um, that really put us on the front foot um, and then into the second half as well I thought we started the better and I think the key moment was a about 10 minutes into the second half um, when uh, Rhodes was through one-on-one and he, he slipped it past the keeper and it hit the inside of the port and somehow bounced away from the goal rather than into the goal. Um, after that, i um, got to give a lot of credit to Sean Dyche. Uh, he took Sam Vokes off and um, made a tactical change and bought some more, more mobile players on and uh, put Ings up front on his own and had these mobile players uh, buzzing off him and uh, unfortunately uh, Boyer didn't react to that and I felt just like the Derby home game when McLaren made changes uh, uh, to, to to the Derby shape uh, and Boyer didn't react this was the same kind of situation and Burnley took complete control and uh, you know they had a, a number of chances before they went 2-1 up uh, and, and you know it was down to them changing the shape and the way they were playing and uh, Boyer uh, unfortunately uh, not seeing that and reacting when it was 
you know, too late. They they taken the lead and then they just sat there and um, uh, sort off the last you know ten fifteen minutes quite comfortably. So it was disappointing. Um, you know, the, the record was always going to go, and I suppose we got very lucky last year when Dunny scored you know deep into injury time with a possibly offside goal. So so it was going to go, but it was just a bit deflating uh, having played relatively well for sixty odd minutes and. You know, bit unlucky not to be two goals up. Then, for us to you know go on and lose a game, which you know maybe would have been avoided if if Boyer had um, reacted to some of the tactical changes that Sean Dyche uh, made. But you know, full credit to Burnley. Um, uh, they're doing. I'm a, you know, for me, Dyche should be manager of the year uh, to have Burnley in the top two with the, the squad that they have. Um, you know, it's a massive. Uh, massive achievement, and they're now looking odds on uh, to to go up. So yeah, fair fair play to them. John, do you want to add any comments? No, that should be fine. I think that's. Un- I don't want to dwell too long on it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, good. Uh, were, were there any um, Burnley fans in the Pig and Whistle? Presumably, you were in the Pig and Whistle watching. No, oh, we went round to um, to John's house. All oh, right. It was a Sunday night, and they didn't finish while one a.m. So. Oh, right. It was just watch it, get on and get get back to bed and get ready for work. Oh dear, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah perhaps it's. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure there would. I'm sure there might have been some Burnley fans in yeah. the Big and Whistle, which is part of the reason why I didn't go there as well. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was uh, kind of ominous. Uh, the signs leading up to the match, wasn't it? I think uh, yeah. people had that feeling that uh, this was going to be the time. Um. A year ago, um, Richard was also uh, in the Pig and Whistle. Uh, has he has he come back uh, from uh, from England? I think he was over in England. When, yeah, when I, was there. I haven't been in touch with him. I'm sure he has, but I haven't been in touch with him. Ah, good, good. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we'll actually be releasing a podcast. Uh, if you recall, a year ago, uh, when I was uh, uh, at the Pig and Whistle with you, February 2013, uh, we did a yeah. recording. And uh, I'll be re- releasing that uh, uh, very soon. Uh, so watch out for that uh, in the coming days. And I'll look yep, forward no to worries. publishing that. Yeah, good. No worries. Uh, yeah, no worries, as they say. Yeah, Excuse <laughs> yeah so we, we lost uh, three on the bounce uh, and then uh, went away to Huddersfield and everyone was speculating that this could be uh, not just the, the defeat that uh, Caesar's... Uh, uh, crash out of the running for the playoffs, but also possibly it could be the end of uh, Gary Boyer. That, that was the local speculation. But uh, went away to Huddersfield and uh, Jordan got a, a hat trick against his old team. We ran out four two winners, and uh, since then we've uh, had uh, three draws in uh, in the last week. Um, the Leicester match. Uh, what were your views of the game? Yeah, um, at first off, um, Leicester were the, were the better side. You know, um, we, we we did well, but um, I felt Leicester were, were by far the better side. Um, um, and the second half um, is probably our best performance um, of the season. Um, we really played at a higher tempo. Uh, we pushed on. We closed Leicester down in in their defensive areas and really were on the front foot uh, for for 
the, almost the entire second half. Uh, Leicester did have uh, a, a really good chance when uh, one of the players, were, I think it was, I don't know who it was, but one of the players went round Robbo and had the, the net at his mercy and he somehow managed to hit the post. But other than that, uh, we created a lot of chances. We really put them under the pressure. And um, I think even the Leicester camp was saying that they were quite fortunate in the end to get away with the draw. And that second half was as about as as good as anyone had played against them, certainly in the last four or five months. So, so I mean, it, it was sort of good to take a point against you know what were what were the runaway leaders, but um, just a bit disappointing that we couldn't uh, convert our second half div- uh, dominance into you know getting that second third goal, which would have given us a vital three points, and it was a a, a missed opportunity really uh, with uh, a lot of the teams vying for sixth place, dropping points, uh, and we we could have capitalised on it. Yeah, and um, John, did you see the the highlights of it at all? I've only seen the highlight. I've only seen the highlight to Ron Rovers player. I don't know. There's much more that I can add to it. It's um, yeah, it's it was an encouraging result. I'm glad that we came away with something, but draws just aren't good enough for them. That's all we seem to be getting our draws, but they're not really good enough for us at the minute. There's, um, I suppose, some hope there that. Um, we managed to give Leicester a good game, but realistically, we need to be turning the draws into wins, aren't we, if we're going to do anything? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the the last three games in a week uh, dropped six points, and uh, basically, at this stage of the season, um, even if we win the game in hand, uh, we've still yeah. got to pick up, uh, what, make up five points plus goal difference in seven games. Well, it's yeah. not yeah. going to happen, is it? The really big disappointment of the last week is uh, the likes of Reading, Wigan, Forest, uh, Ipswich. Uh, they've all dropped points uh, in the last week. And it was a massive opportunity. I, I mean, I never thought that we would get into the top six this year. But it seems like everyone's trying their best not to be in the top six to give that position away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it was such a massive opportunity in the last week. Uh, you know, if he'd picked up you know, seven points from nine, we'd be right in there now with a real good chance uh, of of nicking that top six spot. And it's just a massive disappointment. I mean, if you look at Bournemouth, who were near the bottom of the table uh, five or six uh, games ago, they're now the form side. And I think they're two points ahead of us and they've still got a game in mm-hmm. hand. And they've got a chance of getting in and nicking the, the six spot and when, when they played us a few weeks ago, they were near the bottom. They were looking over the shoulders um, when, you, when they beat us at Ewood. So it's such a massive opportunity this year that we've... It's so disappointing, really, because with the amount of games, points we've dropped, we shouldn't even be anywhere near having a chance of the top six uh, at this stage of the season. But because everyone vying for that sixth spot keeps dropping points, uh, it, it was a massive opportunity and one that you're we'll have some regret because some of the points that we've thrown away in the last few weeks, uh, it was avoidable. And it's it's just really disappointing that you know, we haven't been able to push on. Even just this last week, if we'd picked up seven points, uh, we'd, we'd, with our game in hand, we'd be with a fantastic shout of, of getting that sixth spot. 
I haven't looked at it to see how this year's points totals compare with last year, but I'm thinking that this year's championship seems a lot weaker than in previous years, and certainly whichever teams go up are going to struggle even more than usual. I know they can spend and bring players in over the summer and so on, but I think they've got a lot of ground to make up. And we're, and we're still not as good as the teams that are even looking in the playoffs. Um, so that just shows how far we've fallen. I, I, yeah, I just get the feeling that this is a particularly weak championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, compared to previous years, um, this yeah. is much weaker. Like last year was exceptionally, like, um, you know, we had 58 points, I think, in the end, or 59 points, which, you know, just put us clear of relegation towards the end of the season. And, and this year we're on 50, I think, two. Uh, and we're well clear of it, so it's it's uh, it's a much weaker championship this year. Uh, and um, apart from Leicester, everyone else is beating each other, um, so yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's much weaker. I think the team in sixth is on sixty points, so you know we could see a, a, a sub seventy point mark uh, to, to get sixth, which would be, I think, uh, when did some research that would be one of the lowest. Uh, points taught us if it was below 70 for, for many a year Yeah um, Reading are on 39 games, 60 points so um, I can't honestly see them not getting 70 points to be honest um, I think round about the 69 point mark has been the lowest in in the last uh, uh, 10 years but yeah I, ca- I can't see uh, uh, Reading or Forest getting less than 70. Um, I've been saying 73 to 76 points uh, is what's needed to to get into the playoffs, and I'll I'll stick with I'll stick with that. We may not need uh, it may not need 76, but uh, uh, I'd say uh, 70, 73 to 76. But um, yeah, I mean, um, we basically we need to win every game. Oh, certainly, uh, yeah, seven, seven out of the eight uh, in order to stand a decent chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, in in a sense, um, right from the beginning of the season, it's it's gone according to what what I personally expected, uh, not not what I was hoping for, obviously, but uh, what I was expecting um, that would uh, be somewhere. Uh, in the top half, um, hopefully, and the, the word I always use is the coattails of the, the playoffs. Um, I, I, I don't see us being uh, uh, within uh, perhaps three to four points of the playoffs uh, come the end of the season. Um, probably more like six, seven points off 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 the pace. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you look through the stats, uh, I'll, I'll need to have a double check, but I can't remember an occasion this year where we've won three games on the bounce. If you want to get into a top six space, um, you, you need to have won. Uh, you know, need to have had a number of runs where you've put, um, you know, runs where you've won three or four games on the bounce. Um, you know, as Bournemouth are doing at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, beating Millwall at home and Yeovil away, two on the bounce. I don't think we've done, done more three. than that. No, no. And you know that's mid-table kind of form. Mm. Sure, sure. No, yeah, that's why we are where we are, and we deserve to be where we are. And that's the sad reality of uh, Rovers in this season. I mean, there's a lot of debate going on at the moment regarding 
Boyer and whether to back or sack him. And I, th- I can fully understand why uh, you know a, a, a growing proportion of fans would like to see the manager changed. Uh, my personal view is, as I said in the article that we did a couple of weeks ago, uh, is that he's made mistakes, but um, hopefully he'll learn from them over over the, the the summer. And he needs to be given at least till Christmas, you know. Ne- uh, of next year and see where we are then. Um, I think you know he, he's started to reshape the squad and some of the players that he's brought in. You can see potentially they are good enough to to be molded together into a uh, you know a, a, a challenge for promotion. But I think with the upheaval that there's been, there's needs to be a bit of um, uh, patience shown and, and see how Gary gets on next year. I think the killer stat for me was uh, we played Leicester at the start of last season um, and uh, in the lead up to, to this one a um, stat I saw was out of the starting 11s uh, we had two players who played against Leicester at the start of last season and Leicester had eight in their starting lineup that that had played against us uh, you know, at the start of, of last season. And that that's a good sort of comparison to see how you know the turnover of, of play that we've had and uh, how you know Leicester had the core of their squad together for for nearly two years now and and they've benefited. So I think uh, that that's the thing that I'd like to point out that we've had so many players coming and going and uh, the squads not been to, together for a long period of time and the teams who are doing well. Have had the core of these squads together for for quite a number of you know maybe eighteen months or so. So I think uh, just uh, you know personally, I'd like to see him given at least the start of next season and, and see if if Gary has learnt from some of the mistakes that he's made and and he can hopefully push on and and get the squad uh, you know into a, a top six hopefully. On the, on the poll, the back of sack, there's around about 80% of fans who are saying, um, well, the question was, should Gary Boyer continue as manager? And roughly, there's about 80% of people saying, yeah. There's different um, conclusions on that one. Um, majority of people are saying, give him to the end of the season and then review his position. And you never know what's going to happen at the end of the season. So, um, But there's only around about 20% of people saying, no, he should be sacked immediately. So although they may be vocal, I think they're, they're in a minority. People are happy to sort of see out the rest of this season and see where we go from there. I think, for me personally, what let me down is just some of the um, surprising signings that he made at the start, the lack of the quality of some of the people that he brought in. Now, maybe he's working with a different budget and that's all that he could stretch to, but um, that was my major disappointment. And the season really has reflected the quality of the people that we brought in at that early stage. Um, as, as it's moved on and we brought some better people in, I think we've had more calls for optimism. But, um, yeah, some of the people at early doors were a little bit underwhelming. I think a lot, to, to begin with, I don't think even Gary thought he was going to be getting much money to spend. Yeah. Um, I think oh, he yeah. was under, yeah. the, uh, under the impression that um, you're going to have to cut costs rather than, than be given money to spend. And when he saw the likes of Morrow and Judge and um, you know, a few others available on the cheap um, or on freebies, um, he thought, well, I don't think I'm going to have much money to spend. So he went and signed them because 
he needed to uh, boost the squad because of the number of players that were potentially going to be leaving. As the transfer window progressed, it became clearer that the the owners were going to allow him to spend a certain amount of the money that was being bought in from letting players go and freeing up the wage budget. And then that allowed him to go and sign some some better players and, and go to the strategy of signing young players who maybe have not lived up to their early potential. And, and, and that, that's why he's been able to bring back some better players in. But I think to begin with, he thought, well, I'm probably not going to have much money at all to spend. And it's going to be a case of just cobbling a squad together. And, and that's why he went and bought a lot of freebie signings to begin with. And then we yeah. realised later on that actually the owners had changed their mind and they were going to give him some of the money that was being freed up in, in particularly the wage budget uh, to to bring some better players in. Yeah. Now, we've, uh, we've moved from uh, a, a situation where we had uh, basically Steve Keane uh, looking after the, the the club as a whole, uh, we, we've gone from that to um, s- some considerable turmoil with a number of uh, managers coming in, going Berg and Appleton, uh, to a situation where uh, Gary Boyer has, has essentially taken over uh, the same kind of role that uh, Steve Keane had, and uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, we've slowly started to move towards uh, a structure of governance uh, at the club that is a little bit more in keeping with the 21st century. Um, We've just had the announcement that uh, Alan Myers and Mike Cheston um, have actually been formally um, put onto the uh, board of directors. Uh, Mike Cheston, of course, started a couple of weeks ago, I think on the 17th, as financial director and uh, Alan Myers just before that uh, was appointed uh, director of communications uh, now we seem to be taking on the shape of uh, of a more of a more normal um uh, football club modern football club and so the the question is whether uh, gary boyer's position will perhaps um be be changing uh, over the coming months um Normally, uh, the manager wouldn't be taking uh, the the orders direct from 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 the owners in in the manner that uh, that he does. But um, yeah, we also had a discussion of whether the club would be going into administration in March, as uh, as had been mooted in in some quarters. And uh, March ends tomorrow, and uh, we'll just keep your fingers crossed. The, the key date that has just passed was uh, uh, last Thursday, uh, five o'clock, when um, when the, uh, the the cut-off date for uh, administration uh, d- uh, points deductions uh, uh, passed by. Basically, if we'd have gone into administration before five o'clock on Thursday, uh, we would have incurred a ten-point penalty uh, for the current season uh, after five o'clock. Uh, on Thursday, and it will be carried over into next season. So there was uh, speculation that uh, um, the, the mooted uh, March uh, move into administration was uh, uh, was going to take place uh, uh, more likely uh, just before the uh, uh, the March uh, deadline. 
Now that hasn't happened, and uh, so we're, we're kind of wondering precisely what that means. Cami's uh, long been saying since uh, last November that the next move will be in May when the uh, when the Venkis uh, meet up to decide uh, their their um, forthcoming plans. Um, Cami, what uh, what's your view of, of of how things have gone uh, just in these last few weeks? And uh, how do you project? See the you know this projecting into the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I've said all along. I didn't believe that we would be put into administration by the end of March. Um, my information direct from Pune was that the owners would review things in in May, and and that still stands. So they will have a meeting with you know the Gary will probably go out there, and Alan Myers and a few other directors will all go out. So. Uh, it'll be in May when, when they go out there and they'll have a chat and decide what to do next. Um, I don't think any decisions have been made about the future. Um, I do know there is talk about a potential t- takeover, but I think it's uh, far too early to even even think about that. I think what will happen is they'll go out in May and, and will either be informed uh, about what's going to happen or there'll be a discussion about what what Venkis will do to do next, and to be honest, um, at this moment anything is possible. Uh, they could decide that they want to continue funding the club for another year and see how we get on. They could decide, well, we found a suitable buyer and, and we're going with with that. We're going to sell the club. Or the worst case scenario is they they haven't found a suitable buyer and they say that they won't, they're not willing to put more money into the club which will then mean, obviously, a massive, uh, even more cost-cutting measures than what we've seen over the last year or so. Uh, the costs have been brought down quite considerably, but uh, still, you know, we would need some help from the owners if we were wanted to continue even just at the current level. Um, so at the moment, I think all options are open. Um, personally, I think it's more likely that they'll either go for option one and sell the club if they found a suitable buyer or they'll stick around for another year. Uh, having seen that we have slightly improved on last year, hopefully we get a strong end to the season and then we will have improved on last year and maybe they'll say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll give it another year and, and see how we get on. But um, it'll all be down to Mrs Desai, to be honest. Um, the brothers will be involved, but she runs... Uh, the business side of Enki. So ultimately, whatever she wants to do, that that's what will happen, and the brothers will have to fall fall into line with, with with her wishes. So I think the key thing is now to get the season over and done with, and and see where we go in May. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I think uh, the the main the main thing on on the message board at the moment is that. Uh, um, people uh, try to exercise a little bit of patience. I know that you know it, it's easy to say that, but um, uh, I I don't know whether um, allowing yourself to self-implode is actually going to do anything. Uh, to be honest, um, if uh, if you were talking about actually taking some action that was meaningful, uh, then uh, then I, I'd, I'd, I'd say that was. Uh, uh, something to be supported but uh, the the way things are going uh, among certain sections of the fans is uh, um, uh, it's a, a little bit uh, um, 
masochistic, I think is the best way to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, we are all hurting, you know, what's happened mm. over the last three years. It, it absolutely hurts. And, you know, to see the club in the state that it is, while it's better than last year, it, it or behind the scenes, it's still not running, functioning no, like no. a proper football club. Absolutely, you know, and the owners are numpties of the highest order. You know, the absolutely, or whoever says anything different mm. uh, needs to look at what's happened over the last three years. Just because they've made some sensible decisions this year, it doesn't mean we should forget all the terrible decisions and the self-inflicted uh, wounds that they've you know done to the club. Uh, we shouldn't forget that. But you know, they're the owners, and unfortunately, protests or you know petitions and all that. We've tried everything. They just don't listen. They'll do whatever they're going to do. And you know, the views of the fans and even possibly the best interest of the club come secondary to whatever the owners feel like doing. Um, so there's no way to influence them. Um, so well, the only thing we have is if we all stick together as fans and you know we are as one, then that's our kind of biggest strength. Um, but you know, yes, things on the face of it look a bit better. Uh, we seem to be uh, making more sensible decisions, but behind the scenes, it's still not functioning like a football club. It's just that at the moment they're allowing uh, the manager Gary Boyer to run the football side of things and. You know, he has total control over that. I'm absolutely convinced about that. No one will tell me any different that there's any interference on the football side of things. Uh, Gary Boyer controls all of that. So that's why we're seeing more sensible decision making. But, uh, you know, Venkis have proved over the last three years that uh, they are capable of making that one stupid decision that will send the club back into a tailspin and, and you know, that danger will always be there with these guys. Um, so we've just got to wait till May and, and see what happens. Personally, I hope they do decide to sell the club to, to, to you know, um, I think the relationship between us and Vekis is completely broken down and it's beyond repair now. Um, there's just no trust there. We can never trust them. So I hope um, they do eventually decide to sell the club and we get new owners in and everyone starts afresh. Mm, yeah, John. What do you make of that? I think they've, to sum them up, might be capricious. And if we, as supporters, run the risk of antagonising them even further, they might do something completely stupid with us. Um, yeah, I think we just need to not upset them too much and don't really don't annoy them, and try and hope that they're going to do the best thing for us. Uh, we're completely at their whim without them. My opinion is that we we just fold. We need their money. We need their support. Um, yeah, and at the minute we're treading a bit of a tire up. And if we, uh, like I said, do something to uh, put them offside at this stage, if you know if this rumoured sale is possibly going to happen, um, yeah, it really could get even worse for us. I mean, they're bad enough as it is at the minute, but at least they're chucking some money at us. Um, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, it certainly could. Certainly could. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, just uh, keep a, keep your eyes on things, and uh, we'll be uh, keeping you informed. Uh, especially watch out for Twitter. Um, we've uh, started up uh, uh, the Twitter account again uh, with a little bit more activity on a daily basis. So uh, uh, if you can just watch out for for the Twitter, um, I'll be. Uh, Talking in a, um, 
in a minute about uh, uh, some site matters. But, uh, first of all, I'd just like to say to Cami, thank you for coming on. I think you've got to be rushing off now, is that right? I'll yeah. be rushing off now. Uh, sorry, I've had to keep it short and sweet, but mm. um, a busy day ahead of me now. So. Yeah, yeah. Great. Great. Well, yeah, you've got to to rush off, otherwise you, you'll 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 miss your. Uh... Yes, my connections right, and connections. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for right, coming on, making the time, and uh, we'll catch you uh, hopefully in the next week or two. All right. Cheers. Okay. Have a good day. Have a good you day. You too. See you later, mate. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks Cheers. a lot. Bye. So yeah, as uh, as I was just saying there, um, just. Uh, bring people up to date with what's going on uh, behind the scenes. Um, since taking over from Glenn and Stee, uh, my main uh, task has been to sort out the, the back end, uh, back end as in uh, the, the server-related stuff. Now, uh, that's all taking time to, to, get, to, uh, to get right. Uh, Biddy uh, in the background uh, has, has been fantastic uh, making sure that uh, things are, are kept going and uh, giving his uh, advice, uh, technical advice. And uh, we've also um, got uh, someone in uh, new who's, who's also um, uh, looking after the uh, technical stuff uh, along with Biddy. And um, I'll be making an announcement uh, fairly soon uh, on the actual changes there. Um, see if we can... Uh, uh, get them onto a podcast to talk about uh, precisely the, the kind of things that, uh, that are, are underway. Uh, basically, the, the, the current status is that uh, we're um, looking to uh, get a new server. Uh, we've just done some upgrades uh, to the uh, IP board software. Uh, Biddy uh, has taken care of that uh, and also uh, upgrades to WordPress. Uh, next stage is to move things over from WordPress uh, onto uh, IP.content, uh, if you if you know of that, and uh, then uh, start to move things forward uh, on the uh, graphic design, the front end stuff. So basically, we're working from the back end to the front end. And uh, yeah, on the forum side, um, I'm, I've got one or two ideas, and uh, I'll be. Uh, uh, discussing those uh, in in the coming uh, weeks, um, possibly uh, we may need to to get this uh, season uh, out of the way. But uh, yeah, um, behind the scenes, there's uh, there's quite a, a bit of activities, uh, a bit like the proverbial duck uh, floating along on the pond, but the um, the legs are, are going away like crazy underneath, uh, just so that it keeps on uh, moving around. Uh, we're not moving around in circles, so. Uh, um, just have to bear with us for, for the time being. Also on the content side, um, you, you'll probably have noticed that uh, Parson Blue's match reports have been uh, missing for the last uh, uh, three, four weeks, uh, very unfortunately. Um, he hasn't been able to get to matches uh, uh, for the last uh, few games, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I believe that uh, from... Tuesday, he'll be uh, up and running again, going to the Brighton match. And uh, so uh, he's looking forward to that uh, again. And we're looking forward to his uh, match reports uh, after after the Brighton match uh, through to the end of the season. He'll be able to make the uh, away matches, uh, I understand. So uh, that's great. 
Um, as I said um, before, uh, we'll be releasing the, the Australia uh, podcast from a year ago uh, very soon. And uh, like I say, um, watch out for um, uh, increased movement on the Twitter front, uh, brfcs.com. Well, um, just like to say uh, thank you to John for, for coming on and joining us. Yeah, it's been good. It's it's always difficult coming on here because I'm at the other side of the world and there's no special stuff that I can know or any special insights, but it's good to speak with everybody and uh, catch up and just to let the rest of the world know, I suppose, that we are far-flung and there's uh, many of us all over the place. There's been quite a few new people coming through on Twitter as well. It's um, If anybody's heading out that way, if they drop us a line, uh, we can usually put you in contact with somebody in the city that you're going to. We've got people in Perth, Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney, Brisbane, obviously, Townsville, Darwin. So if anybody's heading out over here, um, get in touch with um, brands through Twitter and um, we can always find you a pub or somewhere where you can meet up with like-minded people and sort of obviously New Zealand as well and Tasmania. Um, yeah, it's just because it's such a big place. It's hard for everybody to keep in contact, but social media is one of the best ways of doing it. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, uh, they can also get in touch uh, via the forums. Um, yeah, uh, John dot Lee. Um, yeah, if if you're interested in joining the Brants forum, um, if you get in touch with uh, with John, and uh, he'll he'll get you access to the Brants forum, which is separate. Once again, uh, thanks uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks also to Cammy before. Obviously, he's had to rush off. Um, we'll be back again pretty soon. Um, I think uh, we should be back uh, next weekend uh, with another podcast, and uh, the Australia podcast should be out in in the meantime as well. And uh, yeah, wherever you are in the world, do take good care, and uh, thank you ever so much for listening. <laughs>